0: Welcome to Leveling Up, a Noob's Quest to Get Good. This is a gaming history and interview podcast where each week we take a new game and discuss its history.
1: As well as look at it from the perspective of someone who hasn't played a lot of games.
0: I'm Joe, your resident gaming historian.
1: And I'm Tina, and I'm just covered in hair. Welcome to the show!
0: to this episode of Leveling Up, A Noob's Quest to Get Good. This week, we're going to be discussing a cool, fun, ridiculous game called Bayonetta.
1: Heavy emphasis on ridiculous.
0: Heavy emphasis.
1: But in like the most positive way.
0: Oh yes. I mean, it's a platinum game, so like, yeah. But, Tina, how would you describe Bayonetta to someone else?
1: So, Bayonetta is the only game that we have played so far that I think... Fully deserves the title of action game.
0: Totally fair. That's not the genre people ascribe to it, but I understand what you're saying.
1: Are you serious? No. How is this not an action game? Because it's just action.
0: It's a subgenre of action game called Spectacle Fighter. We'll talk more about that in a minute. Continue. Your Whatever.
1: Discussion. Whatever. So you play as this sexy witch who has amnesia and. You kill things with guns and swords and claws, and you have weapons on your high heels, and it's fabulous. And also, you're a butterfly.
0: Yeah, I mean that's pretty much it. Um, I'm gonna. You're
1: destroying angels, but like they're kind of made of stone, but kind of made of clockwork. It's none of them look like angels. It's really confusing.
0: Yeah, it's like some weird shit.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And that that bayonetta,
1: it's some weird shit. <laughs> I mean, that really could have been very good.
0: Yeah. Uh, But, yeah, let me go ahead and just kind of elucidate what I meant about Spectacle Fighter. So, Spectacle Spectacle Fighter is a subgenre of the hack-and-slash genre, which is a subgenre of the action genre. Okay. So, it is technically an action game. It's just two levels removed.
1: I mean, I can totally... The term Spectacle Fighter also fits really well, too. Yeah. But I just... I was really excited because it was an action game.
0: A hundred percent. It is. It's just... Action is one of those genre words that is... It doesn't... It's not like roguelike, which has a very specific direction or definition. Roguelikes are... The two big things are they're randomly generated and there's permadeath. Those are what make a roguelike Mm -hmm. roguelike. Action is one of those incredibly vague genre uh, stereotypes. That is used when no other genre applies. It's like a default genre. It's not a real genre. A lot of people can, like, and have given definitions to action and adventure and action adventure, but, like, they really are just, like, the default genres. Yeah. But then there's hack and slash, which is a subgenre of action, which concentrates heavily on just button mashing. Um, God of War is a hack and slash. Okay. It concentrates much more on just like the button mashing and the franticness of hacking and slashing and just mowing through hundreds of enemies at once. Spectacle fighter, on the other hand, is a subgenre of that where there's still a lot of hacking and slashing and mowing through enemies, but it's defined by a few more specific things. One, the combo system. Combo systems are incredibly important in spectacle fighters
2: mm-hmm.
0: because the combo system um, it incentivizes the spectacle part of spectacle fighter because the more diverse combos you use the cooler and more badass you will look on the screen as you fight that's what ma-
1: oh yeah
0: yeah that's what makes it a spectacle um in addition there is usually some version of when this game was the torture attacks or the climaxes um and the scoring
2: mm-hmm.
1: system,
0: which i think i yeah and the scoring system scoring system combos i meant to say scoring system you know what i mean I know what you mean. Yeah. And that's what differentiates a spectacle fighter from a generic action game. Okay. Yeah.
1: I think I can get behind that distinction.
0: Yeah. So, with that out of the way, I want to talk about the elephant in the room, as it were. Bayonetta is obviously very sexually forward, um, both as a character and as a game. Um, I was curious what your opinion on that was, especially kind of keeping in mind that she was designed by a woman.
1: So, here's my very hot take. Okay. On bayonetta and her sexualness Uh you just said yourself that the game is a spectacle fighting game this game is meant to be a spectacle in every sense of the word and okay maybe you might think it's weird that why are you making a spectacle out of this woman and like her body but like i'm sorry the enzo or whatever the hell his name is He's just another walking stereotype. So is Rodin. No one, no offense, no one in this game is, like, a fully fleshed out, real, actual human person. Yeah. Like, Luca's just a thirsty boy. Like... (laughs)
0: Luca is the thirstiest boy.
1: All of them are, not stereotypes, but I would say, like, dilutions of real people. Mm -hmm. And that's totally fine. Because everyone in the game is treated that way. I mean, you're not staring at, like, Enzo's tits. But, like, everyone in the game kind of has that same level of this isn't a real human. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: So, I mean, I'm kind of really here for all of it. Okay. Also, she's really hot. Yeah. (laughs) Not to undercut literally everything I just said. (laughs) But.
0: (laughs) That's fair. That's fair. All right.
1: So, I mean, like, I'm okay with it because that's the tone of the game and it was consistent throughout the game. It wasn't just targeted at her.
0: All right, cool.
1: Yeah. So like, let's all enjoy it.
0: I call it the elephant in the room because there is two very kind of opposed sides here. There's the side that Bayonetta is a strong, powerful woman that don't need no man. And she embraces her sexualness and Mm -hmm. does whatever the fuck she wants with it because she can. And then there's the side that's like Bayonetta is a, you know, objectivized, sexualized over whatever, blah, blah, blah. You can obviously tell which side of the argument I'm on. (laughs) Uh,
1: You you really gave both of those sides of an argument a fair shake, Joseph.
0: But, yeah, I, I, yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't want to say too much about it, because I don't think I have the ground to stand on to say much about it, but I agree with your
1: take. I mean, you are allowed to say, like, how it felt to you. Like, me knowing you as a person, I also know that you, like, you're still a human. You can know when things are creepy.
0: Yeah, I mean, like that's fair. You do
1: have some amount of empathy in you. That's fair.
0: I, there were a few scenes that I thought (laughs) went a little far. The very first scene where like her nun dress is cut up, the
2: scene, Mm -hmm.
0: the scene with lens flare over Jean's asshole. Yeah. Those, there were scenes that went far, but I think overall it was fine. Yeah. Um, because like you said, it was kind of the point of the game. The it was there was a lot of BDSM in this game the ultimate attacks were called torture attacks and the final smashes were called climaxes like there was very clear theming going on here and I think it fit well with the theming of the game and I don't and that's the thing I don't think she was over sexualized because she was very confident in her self mm-hmm. as a person yeah and like she didn't do it because she thought it would you know do whatever she did it because she wanted to
1: because uh, more than just because she wanted to like that is who she is yeah exactly yeah
0: so let's move on to the meat of this game. Let's talk about that fighting system, because there's a lot of it, and it's a big thing. Let's talk about
1: it. Hell yeah.
0: How did you feel in general about the fighting?
1: When I first started playing the when I first started playing the game, literally just in the opening scene where you're I mean I thought you were standing still because I was using the D pad instead instead of the thumbstick, but that's my mistake and. I wasn't fighting the angels. I just thought this was a cut scene and it wasn't a cut scene. <laughs> but it's okay. We got past the tutorial, everyone. Um, but like, my controller was vibrating so much. I was like, hmm, okay. So I turned that off. And once I turned that off, then the fighting system, I was like, okay, I can, I can get behind this absolute ridiculousness. Okay. And once I kind of fell into the idea of you don't really have to be super careful, like you're meant to kind of go a little nutso. Mm -hmm. I think that started working more for me.
0: Okay. So I'm curious because we talked a little bit about the fighting system and our thoughts on it beforehand. And we kind of came to the conclusion that we probably played fairly differently. So real quick, I played very risky that's just kind of how I play these games, and my risky, I mean, button mashy, because I'm not the kind of person that will play fighting games or these kind of games and like memorize the combos. I just, mm-hmm. I just, I just mash the fuck out of the light attack and stock up on healing items, and that's what I spend most of my money on. Okay. And that's just kind of how I do. I, I spam the dodge button as well. I'm just dodging around, waiting for which time, spam light attack, and then heal when needed. And okay. That's pretty much that describes the entirety of my playstyle. <laughs>
1: We were kind of similar in the fact that I made a small effort to know a few combos. Sure. But if I got a combo, it's because it happened by accident most of the time. Sure. I, yeah. But that's okay. However, I, I was not very big on the healing items. I only crafted them. I never bought them from the gates of hell. Okay. Never. Okay. I also, I think... On Angel Attack, I think I bought, like, a lollipop once. Uh Uh-huh. And the rest of the time, I just exchanged my points for Halos. Okay. So, yeah, I tried to get as much money as possible. And I, I don't know, you said you kind of waited around for Witch Time. I think I specifically, like, tried to trigger it and was only comfortable attacking then. Not only, but, like...
0: Well, no, I mean, that's kind of what I did as well. Well, half and half. I pretty much just spent the entire game just spamming light attack while constantly dodging as well out of the way of attacks. And if I got witch time, awesome, going to attack more now. To the detriment of myself, usually, because I'm usually in the middle of a light attack combo when you come out of witch time and then I get smeared across a wall.
1: Why don't you like the kicks? I love the kicks.
0: It's a personal
1: preference
0: in all games like this. This, God of War, Devil May Cry, all of them. There are two types of attacks. There's light attacks and heavy attacks. In this case, kicks and punches, or punches for light attacks, kicks for heavy attacks. I just don't like heavy attacks. They're slower. They technically do more damage to make up for it, but they are slower, and that just... I don't like that. That is just a personal preference. I prefer light attacks.
1: Yeah, okay, but she also had a ranged attack. So if you're putting yourself in close combat, like, if you're putting yourself in melee range, you might as well do a heavy attack. Okay. If you can't tell, I, like, I, like, spamming the heavy attack button instead of the light attack. That's okay, though.
0: That's totally fine. That's totally fine. But also, her ranged attack was useless.
1: I mean, yes.
0: It did no damage. Um, it was mostly used for, like, enraging bosses. Um.
1: Yeah. But that's okay.
0: Yeah, no. And I get what you mean, but, like, it's more that I'm used to heavy attacks. I don't I didn't really I, I don't think this is true in this game. I didn't really notice it. But I'm used to attacks, especially heavy attacks, not being interruptible. So like if you're in the middle of an animation for a heavy attack, you can't dodge out of the way. I'm okay. used to that. So I do light attacks so that I can the animations are shorter, so I have more time to dodge when
1: necessary. I could see that being useful. Yeah. Maybe I wouldn't have gotten so many stone awards if I had done that or maybe if i had healed more
0: yo i'm cu- i am curious now what was your like final like at the end screen it showed you all your awards and then a final average award
1: we don't need to talk about it
0: i mean i got a bronze what did you get
1: no i, I got i got i got a bronze too okay. but like it was like lots of stones for all the real levels and then lots of like higher trophies from the first few levels and like the boss levels
0: okay i never got a gold award the highest I got was silver. Really? Yeah.
1: Oh no, I, oh no, I got one gold. Okay. Yeah. But like, I was very proud of myself.
0: Like I got gold and even platinum medals for like yeah yeah verses, but like never, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, never a gold award. I got no majority stone.
1: Tight, tight. And I mean, speaking of, oh sorry. That because...
0: is for two reasons, right? Like the combo system incentivizes, like I said, looking cool. And the score is reflective of the diversity of your combo. The more diverse your Mm -hmm. combo, the higher your score will be. That's Mm -hmm. part of the reason why we both got a lot of stone awards. The other reason is we probably both took, I know I did, a lot of damage.
1: I have a feeling that the reason I got lots of stone trophies was a lot less about the combos and a lot more about the fact that I just died a whole bunch.
0: Yeah, yeah, because you, you lose points for how many times you die, you lose points for how many items you use, you lose points for the amount of damage you take.
1: Which I dislike, okay? I totally get it. It's a spectacle fighting game. Fine. Take away my points if I die. Take away my points if I am damaged. I dislike the disincentivizing, I don't know, of using items. I, I don't like that.
0: I understand why they did it. Um, they do change it in the sequel, by the way. In the sequel, you can okay. use as many items as you want. Um, but I understand why they did it. It's... Why do you need items if you don't take damage? All of the items help you not- help you take less damage, and if you're not taking damage because you're doing so good, then you don't need items.
1: Couple things. One, didn't one of the items, like, refill your magic gauge?
0: Which is an indirect way of taking less damage. The faster you kill them, the less damage you take.
1: Okay, fine. Uh, Semi-agree. But also, then they are penalizing you twice for the same thing, which is dumb.
0: Yeah, I don't think the item penalty is as big as, like, the damage penalty, but, like, I get what you're saying.
1: I mean, and it's fine, and it was a very minor part. The game was fantastic.
0: Yeah, no, like, this is a part of the game that we didn't really interact with, just because, like, we- I don't think either of- I'm definitely not the kind of person that's going to grind out fucking uh, uh, spectacle fighters to be great at them, and I don't think you are either. You're Hell no. Yeah. So, like- the score is a small part of it that we didn't really focus on, but like I mm-hmm. I understand. I like I like the idea of it. It's just not for me. The game otherwise was still fantastic.
1: Oh yes. But I feel that there were it felt weird to me that there were parts of the game that I could literally just not touch at all. Like I didn't really understand the crafting system.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So didn't really touch that. I tried to fight the first boss in Alfheim and lost and never went back there. Sure. So like there was just I don't know. It was it was weird that I felt like I didn't touch a lot of parts of the game.
0: That's partially because Bayonetta and other spectacle fighters are games you are supposed to play a lot of time. Okay. It's every time you play a new play a new run every time you play through the game you usually like unlock new stuff or you get better at the game or you play on a higher difficulty which unlocks new stuff or you go back and grind out for all the techniques and such the they incentivize and they are built around the idea that you play the game dozens of times like there is a secret boss that you can only get after collecting 10 million halos there's there's, like, a secret arena event where if you complete all those Alfheim trials, you get, like, a super Alfheim trial that's, like, 50, 50 fights long. Ah! you can unlock another play—you can unlock, like, the Grim Reaper as a playable character or something.
1: Oh, yeah, you're, like, a skeleton?
0: Yeah, there's—you uh, there you unlocked hard, because you beat normal mode. You, you unlocked hard. If you beat hard, you unlock infinite climax mode. <laughs> Yes. Which, which time is disabled?
1: Which like, I'm never gonna beat hard mode. Yeah. But I would like to unlock infinite climax mode. <laughs> I personally would like it.
0: Like yeah. Uh, I don't remember what the point I was trying to make here was. But Bayonetta is. This is how a spectacle fighter works. There's. It seems like a small amount of content if you only play it once, but it's supposed to be played many, 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 many times. Um, gotcha. Yeah. Uh, speaking of those Alfheim Trials, you said you tried one and then you just didn't do the rest of them?
1: Well, because you had to pass that trial to get to the other ones and I couldn't pass it. No. No?
0: No, you can just find them in any level at any time. It's like just the very last one that you have to beat all the rest of them to unlock. The Alfheim Trials are just hidden throughout the various levels.
1: But don't you, like... Did did you beat any of them?
0: No, but I found one in, like, level 9 or something, and I hadn't beaten any of them beforehand.
1: No, no, no. Okay, okay, okay. I'm sorry. I'm not being clear. Did you go into that portal?
0: Yeah.
1: And was it a different challenge?
0: I mean, I think so. The first, the one that, yeah, that's how they work. It's a different challenge hidden in every level. Okay. What was the first challenge that you got?
1: It was, it was, okay, it was beat this person... With a certain number of kicks and punches, and it was a big, beefy dude.
0: Yeah, no, the one I got in level 9 was, like, beat up the little flying dudes using only Wicked Weaves. Yeah, no, they're not sequential in that you have to beat the first one to get to the second one. Every level has a hidden Alfheim level, and they're different, and the level you're in determines what what challenge you get.
1: Okay, I might have just entered another Alfheim level, and it was just too similar, and I didn't remember it. All right. That's Because pro- I really thought they were the same.
0: There are ones that are probably similar, I think, but...
1: it's That's probably what happened. I probably just got two similar ones. Okay. Because I then stayed away from them.
0: All right, fair enough.
1: I felt more powerful and tried to go try it again. and uh...
0: I mean, yeah, the Alpham Trials are just another one of those things in the massiveness that is this game that's just like, here's an extra challenge if you want it.
1: I don't need an extra challenge. The game was enough. Thank you. You did a great job. You don't have to do more.
0: That's fair. Uh, so how did you feel about the torture attacks and the climaxes?
1: They were hilarious. Yeah. They added so much personality and awkward moments to the game, and it was amazing. Yep. Also, I mean, how can you not feel powerful when you are doing six, like six hundred infatun damage? Okay, to something. Once.
0: Spoilers, excuse you.
1: Yeah, I know, but that was the best example.
0: 800 infinitons. I literally, I was playing the game, I saw it say infiniton, and I screamed the word infiniton.
1: <laughs> like, how can you not, how can that not make you feel so amazing?
0: Well, no, I loved it. It was great. But we played this game once. Imagine playing this game for 100 hours and seeing the same... Cutscene again and again. The mini cutscene. The mini cutscene that is the torture attack. Again and again uh. and again and again. This is
1: Okay, yeah.
0: Yeah, people have a lot of issues with stuff like this with its like cinematic finishers. This is not just a thing in spectacle fighters, it's a thing in a number of games, but like people have a lot of issues with this because it's like, okay, I've seen this attack for the seven hundredth time, I'm sitting here waiting for like five seconds while this fucking cutscene plays. Oh my god, just let me keep playing. I think it's better in this game because, like you said, you have to, you didn't say, but I'm going to say you said, because you actually have to interact with the cutscene. It's not just a static, I did the thing, now it kills it, in mm-hmm. the course of five seconds. You have to actually interact with it. Yeah. I, I like that. I like that. But, yeah, I'm glad you didn't get tired of it. I didn't either, by the end of the game.
1: I also only played the game once. Yeah,
0: exactly. Um,
1: Can we, since, since we are talking about torture attacks. Yes. That torture attack where she kills Joy, oh boy! Sorry, it it just really stuck out in my mind.
0: Which how she... you think it was special about the one where she kills Joy? Oh, the horse! Yes, yeah. yeah, just
1: really everything about Joy, like her intro, just oh boy.
0: How you? This was your first encounter with QuickTime events. How did you feel yeah. about those? Oh,
1: good. <laughs> Yeah, it was my first encounter with a quick-time event.
0: So I take it you didn't like them? I didn't. Congrats. You you made the correct decision.
1: It was so rare that they failed to kill me. Like, I just...
0: Every time.
1: I just kept getting eaten by that dragon, or kept exploding on a plane.
0: Getting rammed into a building by a missile.
1: It was just... uh...
0: Falling off that fucking clock tower into that fucking club <sighs> up for the seventh time in a row,
1: and it was so stupid because I don't think it's the first quick time event, but there's one in like chapter three where you have to dodge the streetcar.
0: Yeah, that one. And I did it. time event. It wasn't. No, you just jumped over.
2: it. Oh fuck! Because
1: was... I was gonna be like, I did it the first time. I got an achievement for it. I was so happy. Yeah, no, but I guess. Yeah, I did
2: too. But there was matter. also a quick. You
1: know, what? shut up, Joseph.
0: No, no. There was a there was a similar event later that was a QuickTime event that I'm pretty sure I died to.
1: Oh, uh, probably. Mm. Yeah. Did they also get rid of the QuickTime events in Bayonetta too? Yes. Yeah. This is fab- They take criticism so well.
2: Yeah.
1: I'm so impressed with Platinum Games.
0: Yeah, Platinum Games, like the highest level of metal, platinum.
1: That's the- that's dumb. Fuck you! was that dumb? It's dumb. Regardless.
0: Um, alright. So, I think we fairly easily, uh, you know, fairly sufficiently covered the fighting. I want to ask you how you felt about the vehicle levels. There's two of them. One I know you hate. I want to know about the other one, though. So, first, let's talk about the one I know you hate. Hi. Tell me all about the, the motorcycle.
1: So, okay, fine. Maybe I can get behind fighting... A- okay, just for context, this is chapter... It's either 10 or 8. No, it's 8.
0: It's eight. I don't know what the number is. I just know it's called Route 666, and I'm here for that
2: pun.
1: I mean, yes. It's either. It, I think it's either 7 or 8. I think it's 8, though. I could be super wrong. But I can get behind fighting enemies on top of moving vehicles. That's a spectacle. But jumping from car to car sucked. Mm-hmm fighting the three Joy on the highway with the moving cars where they just, like, ram into you. Okay, the environment's against you. I guess it's something different. Fine, that's cool. The dumb part where you ride a motorcycle for, like, 15 minutes is unnecessary. It's unnecessary. It's It was boring, in my opinion, and way too long. Mm-hmm. I get it. It was a whole chapter, so, like... Yeah. They had to make it long, but, like... Maybe don't have a ride a motorcycle. Like, maybe have a do some- I don't know. I was so, so over riding the motorcycle.
0: That's fair. I wasn't, I didn't hate the level as much as you. It was my least favorite level. <laughs> but I didn't hate it as much as you. I thought it was fun. I thought it was entertaining. I just didn't think it was as well done as it could have been. The motorcycle was just too fast. And they didn't give you enough warning. And the camera angles sometimes were just so bad. Um, I just, it could have been done better. I found enjoyment in it when I did play it, though.
1: I don't know. I felt like, specifically the motor part, took away so much of the stuff that made Bayonetta awesome. Mm -hmm. Like, there there was no big fighting. There was no big, like, you didn't combo at all you just kind of shoot the things and it sort of mattered but honestly it really didn't matter like nothing mattered in that level okay I
2: can wait
1: you. and okay fine maybe there was no fighting or comboing because you're breaking stuff up but that wasn't since I felt like you were nearly invincible on the motorcycle and nothing really mattered it just felt like you were kind of placating me not you specifically obviously yeah, I know yeah it didn't feel like oh here's something different that we kind of came up with hmm. Also, I didn't really want something different. I was having fun.
0: Fair enough. And then...
1: (laughs) I didn't like the car levels.
0: (laughs) All right. What about the missile level?
1: The missile level was less atrocious, in my opinion.
0: Okay. I would agree.
1: But just similar feelings, you know?
0: It was definitely less atrocious, but also I spent 90% of that level just spamming the roll button.
1: Just, it was just,
0: just any time fire came towards me. I'm like, well, just gonna dodge until it stops firing at me, and then shoot.
1: It again. It kind of felt like nothing mattered.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: Understandable. So, how did you feel about the different weapons and the different, just kind of all the different stuff, the techniques, the accessories, the different stuff you could buy from the Gates
1: of Hell? So the, it, sorry. In my opinion, the weapons they just made you look different and cooler. Yes. I didn't really find any or many pluses or minuses to using different weapons. Fair enough. I mean, like, it was always super awesome when, like, an angel died and you got to pick up their weapon. That was awesome.
2: Yeah.
1: But, like, switching between the katana and the claws and the guns, like, eh. mm-hmm. I mean, I personally stuck with katana on top and guns on bottom, but I, did- I don't know how different...
0: I did katanas on top and claws on bottom. Not that I used the claws.
1: Did you just want to have claw feet?
0: Yeah, I it was I felt I felt that putting the claws on my feet were my trophies for killing all those fucking grace and glories.
1: We'll get to them. Yeah. <laughs> um but the techniques I bought a few or I bought quite a few. I probably only used a handful.
0: Yeah, I didn't buy a lot. I bought the air dash and all the animals. Yes. That, yes. And that was it.
1: I bought I bought all those. I also bought, like, a breakdancing move. Yeah. Which, I like that one. She looks super cool with that one. And then there was something... I think it was called, like, stiletto.
0: I think that is one of them, yes.
1: Yeah, I think I bought that one, too.
0: Like, that's the thing. I saw the breakdancing one, and I'm like, that sounds like it'd be cool. I'll never use it.
1: And that's the thing. So, the breakdance move is triggered by if you're holding... Yeah, I think it's if you're holding your heavy attack while you um, dodge backwards. Uh Uh-huh. Or maybe if you press it mid-dodge. I'm not sure. But either way, I never triggered it on purpose. That's fair. It was always very random.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: But that's okay.
0: Yep, part of that, we don't really interact with this section of the game...
1: Yeah, I tried. I tried real hard, but I did. I did actually find the accessories. Were that what they were? Yeah, I. Th- I did find the accessories. That's what you talking about. I think so. Yeah, I did find them useful.
0: Okay, which ones did you get? Because I didn't. Because I spent all my money on healing items.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, you were like, I never had more than fifty k, and I was like, how? And it's because I didn't buy any healing items.
0: I literally spent all of my goddamn money on healing items. <laughs> Every time I hit a Gates of Hell, whether it was between levels or in a level, I went in, filled up my green lollipops and the Mega Ones, and got a red hot shot. Every time.
1: I'm proud of you.
0: And if I didn't- and if I had the cash, I would buy an extra Witch Heart.
1: Ooh, okay. I had- I probably should have bought more Witch Hearts.
0: I had a second health bar by the time I finished the game. Fuck you. Fuck you! You spent your money on accessories, I spent my money on health. Because that's how I play these games.
1: Good for you. <laughs> Good for you. um but yeah, my the two accessories I had were the star of Dianetta, which is the one where it uh, refuels your vitality if you taunt your enemies. Okay. which that one was hella useful. I can imagine. And because that was a way to heal up without it counting against you. Yep. Not that I was trying to max out my score. But I got very salty when I used one lollipop and the game got mad at me. Fair enough. <laughs> and then I did uh Sir I would say Sergey. Sergey's lover. Sergey. <laughs> Which it like it depletes your magic gauge and makes more of you.
0: Oh.
1: Or not more of you, but like
0: Is it like mirror
1: image? It's sort of like mirror image, yeah. Okay. Where like they follow just like a little bit behind you and they're like pop up.
0: Gotcha. Alright. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so
1: yeah, those are the two accessories I bought, and yeah.
0: yeah. I mean, that's cool that you bought them. I I I did Literally, I never had more than fifty thousand. I probably averaged like twenty five thousand halos. I just kept spending them on fucking healing items.
1: And I think that's just another difference in how we play the game, and that's yeah, okay.
0: Definitely, you know, maybe I'm the one that needs to get good.
1: I mean, mm, probably not. <laughs>
0: You probably had a lot more deaths than I did.
1: I did have way more deaths than you did, I can guarantee it.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh... And I got real sick of hearing the, and the only cure is more dead angels. I got real sick of hearing that. Let me tell you. It's fair.
0: How did you feel about the boss fights?
1: Okay, the boss fights, I really enjoyed. Yeah. That, for me, was a good way to break up the typical level. Because mm-hmm. I remember the first time I encountered, I forget who the first boss you fight is. I think it's the dragon.
0: It's the it's the upside down face with the two dragon hands. It's um, yeah. Fortitudo.
1: Okay, so I remember the first time I encountered Fortitu- or any boss, and it was Fortitudo, obviously. I after fighting him, I was like, oh my gosh, like I like died already a few times. Like my character doesn't have any health left. This is gonna be a grueling level. And then I was so happy to find out that was the end of it. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: It just... Also, they were always so epic and extravagant. Yeah. And unnecessary in a different way. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, sure, why not? This, like... I'm totally gonna rip off a dragon head with my bare hands. Hell yeah!
0: Yeah. I I really like the boss levels because, like... In any other level, when you're just fighting, like, goons... It's kind of up to the player to make it. Spectacular. Mm -hmm. The boss fights, like, they are in and of themselves a spectacle. You feel awesome when you kill a fucking dragon face man
1: thing. Or some floating robot in a kilt made out of, like, PVC pipe? Or maybe slinkies. (laughs) Something like that. Something like that. Something like that.
0: Yeah, something like that.
1: I liked him a lot.
0: Yeah, I really liked the bosses. They were fun, they were cool. They had a epic sense of scale. How- and,
1: like... Oh. No, go ahead. And, like, yes, throughout the whole game, you had most of the same moves, but, I don't know, for me, each of the bosses felt pretty different.
2: hmm
0: Yeah, no, definitely. Like, they felt different because while your uh, arsenal didn't change much, their arsenal did a lot, and the way you fought mm. them changed a lot, and the way you had to fight them changed. And, I yeah, they each required different strategy.
1: And I think it was kind of impressive that with your extremely limited set of moves, they were the game developers were still able to draw out of you a different kind of technique that you had to implement. Yeah. So I thought that was impressive and interesting and enjoyable to be a part of. Yeah.
0: Um, I mean, I certainly think most of the kind of difference in techniques definitely came down to not only the boss themselves but also the arena. Because the arena that you fought each of the bosses in was different.
1: Oh, the you having to use the different technique was specifically because of them. Like, yeah. it was not... Nothing changed with your character or, or you. It was all the boss and the environment changing.
0: Yeah, definitely. Uh, now, what did you think about the brief fights?
1: <sighs> I was okay with them. Mm-hmm. That, like, a very very hard neutral feeling about them.
0: Okay. There were some that I liked, like, I really liked when you were, like, going up the tower, and you fought them, and you, like, destroyed them, and it made you feel like a badass. mm mm-hmm. But then there was the one where you had to fight the dude with AA guns. Yeah. And that one just sucked.
1: And I think that's why, like, average-wise, I feel very neutral about it, because there were such, like, high highs and low lows, you know?
0: Understandable. Understandable.
1: It, honestly, it probably would have been better for the game as a whole if you just tossed out three fights in general, in, in my opinion. I don't think you
0: could have, you should have tossed out all of them. I think you could have tossed out some of them for sure, the AA fights fight. Um, but I think, like, this is not a Bayonetta-specific thing. Lots, lots and lots and lots of games do boss refights. Mega Man mm-hmm. is known for boss rush, where the last thing you do, one of the last things you do in a game, is fought all, fight all eight bosses in a row. It's a way to make you feel badass and see how far you've come since the beginning of the game. Bayonetta does cheats a little because the bosses have less health and are less aggressive, and they're in a different environment, and so it's usually easier to fight them. But that still gives the same effect.
1: I understand what you're going for, and I also felt that effect, mm-hmm. but like. I kicked their ass once, you know? Like, I kicked their ass. It was a whole big deal. Mm -hmm. Like, they should stay dead, kind of.
0: I was under the impression. Stay dead! I was under the impression that there wasn't only one of them.
1: Oh, okay.
0: I I was under the impression that the, like, Fortitudo was a Well, okay, maybe. I could be wrong. It's either that they're a class of Angel, or that... I looked a little into the lore of Mm Bayonet. The Mm -hmm. four bosses you fought were the four, like, uh, like the big four virtues, they were the four.
1: They're the four. It's called the cardinal virtues.
0: It's not the card. I mean, I think they are the cardinal virtues. I
1: mean, okay, fine. In Catholicism, it's the cardinal virtues.
0: <laughs> like yes, but that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about like they are the four like uh, embodiments of the virtues of Jubileus. They are like Jubileus's like uh uh, what's the word? Like ambassadors to the universe. Okay. While well, she is not there, so okay, it's. They came back because they can't die. Like, they always will be there because they are the embodiment of the different aspects. That is the word I was looking for. They are aspects of Jubileus. That's why they can't fully die.
1: But, like, we can kill her.
0: Well, yeah, and then they probably died because you killed her. But because her energy didn't leave the universe when you killed them, it just reformed. It's like a lich. You have to kill the phylactery. Jubileus is their phylactery.
1: Okay, maybe I can get behind it. I'll think. I'll. I'll think about it. I'll think about it. Okay.
0: Okay. Um, and then how did you feel about that? Like kind of double final boss where I was fighting Father. What's his fuck? Balder. Yeah. Thank you. I hundred percent was like, oh, this feels such like a final boss. You're flying through the air. There's so many phases. He's kicking my ass. And then he. And then. There's another final boss, and I'm like, oh, this is... Oh, this? Oh, this? Oh, oh, my God! And then you punch a god into the... And then you punch a god into the sun by summoning the demon queen of Sheba by the power of friendship.
1: And hair! And hair. Don't get me wrong. The balder fight was insane, and he wiped the floor with me many a time. Yes. But... This game did not pull a Hollow Knight on me where I wasn't expecting the final boss fight. Okay. Like, I...
0: I mean, like, they definitely heavily foreshadowed it.
1: I, w- I personally would have been shocked if you didn't fight her at the end.
0: I guess I was just surprised at how long the epilogue was. Fair enough. Yeah. That's okay. It was a great fight, though. I, it,
1: it was fantastic.
0: I think it What are you talking about? I said it was a great fight.
1: Yeah, no, I know. Okay. I, I think it should be, like, I think great is too mild of a word for how I feel.
0: Fair enough. Uh, <laughs> no, I loved it, but I do think it pulled a cuphead again, where I think Father Balder was e- was harder than Jubileus. Not to the same degree that King Dice and the Devil were, like, Jubileus wasn't easy, but her fight was more spectacular than difficult.
1: I 100% agree with you. However, in my opinion, I think the spectacularness made up for it.
0: No, definitely. 100%. I just wanted to bring that up. Because I definitely thought the Father Ju- uh, the Father Balder fight was definitely just...
1: Father Jubileus. Father Jubiles. <laughs> Uh
0: Father Balder fight was just a fucking ass whoop. Like, Jesus Oh, yeah. Oh,
1: yeah. yeah. No, it was. It was.
0: Yeah. Um... I liked it. I, lo- I loved the final fight, though. It was so good. In so many ways. So let's move on to the next section, one that we don't, doesn't come up very often, but I feel like we have to talk about. How did you feel about the story in this one, Tina?
1: So, I didn't know how to feel for a while? Yes. Because it was so buck wild.
0: And it just kept going up.
1: Oh, yeah. It never went down. But then at the, but then at the end where Jean goes to save, I can't call her Cereza. Where Jean goes to save, no, of course. But like, she's calling her Cereza from like the, she like pulls her from the left eye.
0: I love it. She's Bayonetta though.
1: No, she's Bayonetta, yeah. And I was shocked at how touched I felt. (laughs) Because the prominent emotion was more just what the fuck. Yeah. Throughout the, and I was like, oh, this is white they're friends. I mean, like, I got that they were friends, but like, oh, they're actually friends. Yeah. And like, Bayonetta goes to summon the, uh, the, the god that she summons to help defeat Jubileus. And like, you see white hair there too. Like, oh.
0: But the demon god Shiva.
1: Yeah, but like. I
0: believe it's actually Shiva, is who they want. I think to. it is. Yeah.
1: But, like, these like, John helps her out in the end, like, oh
0: That's why I said they beat the god through the power of
1: friendship. And, no, I know why, but, like, I was just, like, I don't know, I thought that was a big point of the story, and I was, yeah. I was touched. It, well,
0: I was too. I was also touched at how Bayonetta grew to love her former, younger time travel self, I guess. I What? Wasn't really, I wasn't really sure what was up with that.
1: I still really don't know.
0: I feel like I need Monk's bag, but for Bayonetta. Yeah. I need someone to explain the lore to me, because I don't know how she time traveled.
1: I don't know how she. Di- okay, did she time travel or did someone time travel her?
0: Sorry. It's obvious that when Bayonetta took Cereza back, Bayonetta time traveled backwards. But I don't know how Cereza got to Bayonetta.
1: Mm mm. No, not at that
0: all. That I'm unclear about. Not at all. Also,. I love Luca.
1: I mean, yeah. Uh there was there was one moment though. It was like part of their first introduction, Bayonetta's and Lucas, where she called him Chesh- Cheshire Puss and I almost turned off the game. <laughs> uh,
0: Cheshire Puss.
1: Stop stop saying it. Uh I can uh it's like crawling down my spine. I hate it. Yeah. But no, I, we both like a book series that is very much twist, plot twist heavy. And I feel that sometimes we see, or I see them coming, and sometimes you see them coming. I didn't see any of this coming.
0: I didn't either. I like, I kind of, okay. I got to the part where they were talking about like, oh, it's a daughter of the light in the dark. My first instinct was, okay, that's Bayonetta. And then I said, actually, I was correct. My second instinct was, no, it's Cereza. And then my third instinct was, wait, they're the same person. But my like, actual third instinct was, okay, wait, wait. Bayonetta's the dark. Cereza's Bayonetta's daughter.
1: Oh, see? I, my, I, I thought... Some, I went
0: some places during this game.
1: I thought what the twist was going to be was that they were sisters. Okay. Because, like, cause, yeah, the child of the light and the dark. And, okay, Bayonetta's the child of the light in the dark. What if there are two children? Like, and she kept calling her mommy. I was like, "Oh well, like, what if Bayonetta had to raise her younger sister?" Maybe it it know. it totally wasn't. It, no, but I wrote a different story.
0: And then she and then Saraya called Balder daddy, and I'm like, "Wait, what? They couldn't have mm. what?" <laughs> and then the fact that like if you take knowledge from separate points in this game you get a really we- you get like one of those time travel stories where bayonetta has her uh births herself
1: yeah <laughs> you're just like stop it stop, no, stop it. it no stop it um, <laughs> this this story went places
0: the story went places but i still like just love the combination of it all where you fucking did kill a god with friendship and hair <laughs> also can i just say the climax attack Where you guide her through the solar system and into the sun. I know that's not the section we're on, but can I just talk about that and how fucking awesome it was?
1: Oh, it was... This this whole thing was just wild. Like, past chapter 14, just really just...
0: Like, I I beat the game two days ago. I beat it Saturday, and you were on, like, chapter 6 at the time. And I'm like, oh my god, Tina, just wait. It gets so fucking wild. And you're like, what are you talking about? It's already wild. And I'm like, just eat, Tina? Tina? <laughs> Tina?
1: I mean, you were right.
0: It's so crazy. Um, the story is the story is ridiculous, but that's kind of the point. The story yeah. is not supposed to make sense. The story is the backdrop for all the awesome action scenes.
1: Yeah. But, and, like... Could you have just killed a whole bunch of angels without, like, the whole time trying to save, like, your past, but also your past younger self? Like, you totally could have. This game did not need the story.
0: But the story made it so much better.
1: If it was going to have any story, it needed this story.
0: Yes. It
1: needed a story that was as over the top as the rest of the game was.
0: The tone of the story fit the tone of the game. It was beautiful marriage. Yeah. So good.
1: And (laughs) at the end of it, I didn't know who I wanted Bayonetta to make out with more. And that's just a happy ending.
2: Yeah.
0: Hey guys, Joe here. Just want to pop in here at the midpoint to let you know some information before we finish up the episode. First of all, we'd love to get some recommendations from you guys on what we should play, so feel free to send us some of those. You can either email us at levelinganoob at gmail.com, or you can hit us up on Twitter at levelingn. That's the word leveling and the letter N. Uh, second of all, we'd love it if you would support us here on Anchor. Uh, you can support us by going to our show page and clicking on the support this podcast button. Supporting us would give us the opportunity to get some better recording equipment and even get Tina some consoles so we could uh, play some more modern games. But hey, even if you can't support us, I just wanted to say thanks from both Tina and I for just giving our podcast a listen. We really appreciate it. Some ads might play after this, but ads or not, I hope you enjoy the rest of this episode. See you all in two weeks for the next one. So, moving on to the next section, how did you feel about the game visually?
1: So, visually... When I watched it on YouTube, it was absolutely stunning. But part of the reason we replaced Bayonetta, or we replaced God of War with Bayonetta, was because we weren't sure if my computer could run it. Mm -hmm. And my computer could barely run Bayonetta. Yep. (laughs) I had it on, like, the shittiest graphics. And sometimes it would just randomly be in slow-mo, even though, like, I wasn't in Witch Time. Yep. Yeah. Like, I think I defeated one of those weird dragon things once. Yeah. And I watched a crow, like, just munch on this dragon thing and swallow it for, like, a minute. It was real nasty. You just see its throat, like, undulating. Ugh. Oh.
0: Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Gavin in for that scene.
1: <laughs> it was, and, but like I said, when I watched it on YouTube, it looked stunning.
0: I mean, it is stunning. I love the art style. I love the aesthetic. The aesthetic matches, I think, the kind of almost cel-shadiness matches the... Everything about this game is such a cohesive whole.
1: I mean, I still don't get why the angels are like half clockwork, half gargoyle, but whatever. Yeah. I don't don't need to understand. it. It looks cool.
0: How did you feel about the soundtrack?
1: The soundtrack was, in my opinion, kind of a low point for this game.
0: Really? Okay.
1: Specifically, okay, there are two kind of facets to my opinion on this. One, I don't remember a ton of the music. It's fair. Like, I mean, like, I'm sure there was music, but I can't really remember it.
0: Yeah, yeah, I totally get that. Uh, the only real big piece of music I remember was that post credit scene where Bayonetta fucking striptease danced to her own theme for, like, three minutes.
1: I mean, like, Yes. But the big piece of music, I mean, I remember that, but the the big piece of music that I remember was during your boss, during the boss fight with Jubileus, Jubileus. (laughs) it's like this weird, I just didn't like the music during that. It's this weird kind of almost anime intro, but not in like an epic way, in like a soft way. Okay.
0: I don't, I don't even remember the music from that fight
1: and it's like why is this epic action being backed by such soft music? It was probably
0: like a choir of angels type thing where it's like
1: but it, it, it wasn't a choir of angels though. I like it wasn't it wasn't like oh, they're contrasting all this awesome action with like maybe just this single voice that's singing this like uh melodic tune like it was just weird. Mm -hmm. it just felt out of place kind of very much like the Borderlands 3 trailer where you're like, why is this doesn't fit? I
0: mean, yeah, the soundtrack, thinking back, I also didn't remember a lot of the music. I feel like I enjoyed the music in the moment, but I don't think it's one of those soundtracks that are, like, good outside of the game.
1: Katamari. That is what the music in the final boss fight sounded like. It sounded like Katamari music.
0: Okay, wait, which one? Because there's a lot of, like, different Katamari music.
1: (laughs) Not The weird French one? Like, the normal, like... Like, level one. Like, not the weird French one, or, like, the fugue.
0: Okay, the regular stuff, gotcha. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, hey, how did you feel about the voice acting?
1: I really enjoyed this... I didn't think I would enjoy it as much as I did. But I really enjoyed this storytelling through movie vignettes, when I could just put down the controller and just sit here and just watch it and enjoy it.
0: Yeah, because if it wasn't a movie vignette, who knows if there'd be a fucking QT.
1: Fuck you. I mean, yeah. Um. So, and I thought they all did a fantastic job. I thought it was... Some of, like, the little touches that the people who did the closed captions did were hilarious, like when Enzo said, forget about it, and it was all one word.
0: Forget about right. it. Forget
1: about it.
0: Hey, forget about it.
1: <laughs> but the only, I don't know if complaints I have, maybe more question like, is Bayonetta German? She's British. No, I know she sounds British, but, like, all of the, like, spell, not spells, but, like, whenever she's doing, like, her finishing move, like, cl- she always sounds... climaxing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) she will say something that sounds vaguely German.
0: I'm curious what that actually was, because obviously, like, all the angels were speaking, like, Latin or whatever, because, like, that's you know, the stereotypical Catholic church thing is Latin.
1: And it takes place in Italy.
0: Yeah, I would be curious what she was speaking, because like, I'm curious what stereotype they put on hell.
1: But she was like, Ickbon, or whatever, and I was like, what? I don't know.
0: Maybe the language of magic in Bayonetta Land is German.
1: The language of hell is German?
0: That's what the I said. Ro- Rodin
1: was in German?
0: You watched the boss fight, you know he's not from hell, though.
1: No, I know, but like.
0: I said the language of magic, not the language of hell.
1: Okay, fair enough.
0: Because I don't know. Father Balder also said some German sounding shit. When he, like, okay,
1: so maybe it actually is German. Yeah. But no, but he's a Lumen Sage.
0: Exactly! That's why I'm saying the language of magic, not the language of the hell.
1: No, but I feel like the Lumen Sages and, like, the Umbran Witches should speak different languages.
0: But I'm saying that he, sa- he said some German-sounding shit when he called down the space laser. I'm not so, saying yeah. they shouldn't. I'm just saying it sounded like he said some German shit.
1: I was just confused why Bayonetta seemed to like to speak German, but was British. And was, like, from Italy.
0: I mean, I also feel like I also feel like Europeans are, like, on average, more multilingual than Americans, so I wouldn't be surprised if she knew both.
1: Okay, that still doesn't answer my question, is why is she from Italy but speaks British? Speaks, speaks British.
0: Speaks British. She's not from Italy. Wait, maybe.
1: I feel like originally they defo were in Italy.
0: Okay, Vigrid is in Italy, and that. No, I know. Yeah, no, no. I'm on a thing here. I'm sorry. Vigrid is in Italy, and- that is where the final confrontation 500 years ago happened. But I don't think okay. that necessarily means that's where the Umbran witches are based. Especially with witchcraft and paganism feeling more y- German.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I fe- Or not German. English. I feel like they might be based in Italy. Or not Italy. Fuck! England!
1: But then why were there so many statues in Italy? And so many witch graves in Italy?
0: Shit. I don't know.
1: I mean, I get it, you play the... It, it. This is splitting splitting hairs, which I can't believe we haven't made that joke now, till now.
0: Shit, you're right.
1: <laughs> but, I don't know, it was just, it was just a question I had.
0: I, I, per- I cannot answer.
1: The person who did Bayonetta's voice was lovely, and sassy, and very seductive. Yes. It was wonderful.
0: Yes, it was. It was wonderful. I loved it. I love the voice acting. It was all very good. Fucking Enzo's fucking super racist, like, New York accent was perfect.
1: His penis probably is just a salami.
0: Yes. Uh, Luca was obviously fantastic because he was voiced mm-hmm. the,
1: the incomparable Yuri Lowenthal.
0: Thank you. My brain gave me Troy Baker and wouldn't not give me Troy Baker, so thank you for giving I mean, yeah, I think that pretty much covers it. It looked fantastic. The soundtrack was mediocre because I don't remember any of it, and neither do you. And the sound, uh, the voice acting was pretty good. Mm. Uh. Now let's move on to the next section. I like to call highs and lows, where we discuss our least favorite and favorite parts of certain sections of the game. Tina, let's start off with characters.
1: Characters least favorite hands down Balder.
0: I let, I have Enzo at the bottom, not because I dislike him more than Balder, just because Balder was an actual character. And Enzo was a nothing.
1: Enzo was a Enzo funny, was a fat New York stereotype that I'm okay with making fun of.
0: To be fair, Balder was, like, right above
1: him. That's okay, though. I I can accept Enzo from you. Yeah. Fig though? I mean, there's no question. It's Bayonetta.
0: I mean, obviously.
1: You can't pick anyone else.
0: I mean, yeah. There's, like, six characters in this game. It's Bayonetta, 40 million foot of space, and then Luca, obviously. <laughs> Maybe Luca Jean tied for a second.
1: Yeah, but d- you can't compete.
0: Yeah, she's just too fabulous. She's wonderful. I love her. <laughs> uh, what about
1: chapters? Chapter, my least favorite was the car level.
0: Yeah, chapter, uh Route 666. It was my favorite, least favorite as well. That can go away. It was not great. What was your least favorite? Or favorite favorite?
1: That was my least favorite.
0: (laughs) What was your favorite favorite?
1: My favorite favorite was um, the last chapter.
0: The epilogue? Requiem? Yeah. Same.
1: Were you you actually like, oh no, it was just, it was so great.
0: Where you punched a god into the sun with the power of friendship.
1: And hair. (laughs) And no, and that was like, that was like John's little like emotional bit. Like, no, stop it. It was great. It was fabulous all around.
0: Obviously Requiem was great. And also the little post the epi epilogue <laughs> where Bayonetta comes out of a fucking uh, tomb as a trap for the angels was also very good.
1: Oh hell yeah. My favorite chapter was not part of the game. Okay, yeah. It was after the game. Uh what about enemies? So my least favorite enemy for a long, long time was what I also believe your least favorite enemy. Grace and glory. Yes, 100%. They suck.
0: Too fast. Hate them.
1: Hate them. However, then I got to whatever the chapter where you're in Paradiso. Mm-hmm. I think it's 10?
0: I don't know.
1: I know. I, I think it's 10. Somewhere around Where you place. had to fight three boats at the same time?
0: Yeah, the kinship. You had a lot of trouble with those.
1: I, like, I think it was just, like, a rough point in the night, but, like, I kind of almost started crying.
2: What was so difficult
0: about them?
1: I was just getting super frustrated with the fact that if you... If you got hit by one of the little baby missiles, then you had to get hit by all of them. Mm -hmm. And if you got hit by all of them, then you got hit by the second boat's wave of them. And then you were down half your health.
0: Okay, I can see where the problem is. And with a lack of healing items,
2: yeah. I was fucked. Yeah,
1: And then... I felt like for some reason, I wasn't as, even though I had the air dodge, I wasn't as effective in air. So, like, jumping between boats, I would lose, like, okay, fine. Even if I only got hit by, like, one wave of the, boat, of the boat's bullets, I would then stop mid-jump and fall. Mm-hmm. And lose, like, an eighth of my health. Yeah. It just felt, like, but- more unfair and punishing than it needed to be.
0: I'm not gonna say you're wrong. Um, they were not they were probably in my bottom half as well I had a bad experience with them the first time I encountered them but the second time was much better cause it took me it took me like a solid five minutes to figure out you could actually stand on the ship
1: and hit the gem
0: yeah I knew you had to hit the gem but like I couldn't figure out that you I kept slipping off so I didn't think you could stand on them but like I still just grace and glory can fucking suck a dick in hell um
1: hopefully it's mine (laughs) <laughs> I'm sorry. What were you
0: saying? They were just too fast, and that one time you had to fight two pairs in a row. I just, I, I, I lost my mind.
1: That yeah, that was very hard. Um, they were my least favorite for a while.
0: Yeah, uh, what were your favorite?
1: <laughs> my favorite was Joy. Same. She was, she was fantastic in like. How similar she was to Bayonetta, and not just like because when you meet her, she looks like her, but with the dodging and like the yeah. fluid danceiness kind of thing.
2: Yeah.
1: Her torture attack was my favorite. Yes. The pose off she had was.
0: Oh my god.
1: Random and awesome and fabulous. Yes. She was just hands. It was no contest.
0: Yes, I like Joy the most because of a lot of the stuff you said, and also I felt like her move set was really good. I really liked her mm-hmm.
1: as well. It was also really diverse, I felt.
0: Yes, definitely. And, like, when three of them ganged up on you, it did not feel unfair. No. In my opinion.
1: Also, she could make more of her. Yeah. Which was a bitch. Yeah. But, like, not in a I feel so defeated way. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. It was good. It was good.
0: So, what was... What about, finally, lastly,
1: bosses? So, my least favorite boss was... I don't know how to say its name. It was the plant one.
0: Oh, okay. Why?
1: I just... I didn't like any of the plant enemies or aesthetic. Okay. And so, like, fighting a boss that was just, like, that was not... Eh. Okay,
0: that's fair. Uh, My least favorite was Fortitudo, the first one, the dragon okay.
2: mm-hmm.
0: Uh, Just because there was a lot of standing around and shooting and waiting for him to do a thing and then... Yeah, I don't know. I just
2: wasn't
1: okay. in
0: that fight. I can see that. I can also understand the plant one. I guess, like, was it purely the aesthetic or was it the fight itself?
1: It was partially the aesthetic, partially the fight. I just, I was very lukewarm about it. Okay. It's just.
0: I like how they made. I like how they made a hentai joke in there, though.
1: Oh, of course it had to be tentacles. Yes,
0: yeah, of course it had to be tentacles.
1: Ah <laughs> oh, yes.
0: To which my immediate response was, of course, I've seen enough hentai to know where this is going. It never was. You're, na- you know. You're nasty. Yes, I am nasty. I accept this. Uh, what was your favorite, though?
1: Oh, my favorite was Jubilees.
0: Jubilees. <laughs> <laughs> the end of the podcast, gonna... <laughs> um, I disagree. That's fine. Uh, my favorite was Sapientia, the boat one. I really like the environment. You
1: mean the crab one?
0: He was more like a... I mean, he acted like a shark. That's okay. Like he fought while surfing. Yeah. I love the fight. I love the encounter. I love the environment. But I just love that. I just love that fight the most, I guess. I don't know why. It kind of gave me a little bit of Breath of the Wild flashbacks. There's a th- boss very similar in there. Um, sure. i say boss. Um, I don't know. I just really, really liked Seviencia And I put it above... June is second but I put her second just because she was the only time where in the middle of a fight, I thought that was an un- that was unfair. I dodged that. That shouldn't have happened. For bosses, there were a number of enemies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, Grace and Glory. Um, <laughs> That was the only time in a boss fight that I was like, no, that's bullshit. I- that didn't hit me. Fuck off. Um, and so just because of that, Sapienza was top.
1: For that's fair. For
0: Julie's,
1: sure. it really came down to the, and this is probably unfair to her, but what really pushed over the edge was like the sappy cutscene before that, and just how Infiniton
0: Infiniton just,
1: I, you punched her. I mean, we've
0: said it fourteen million times. You punch her. You gun punch fun with friendship and hair.
1: You really, yeah. And like you end it with just kicking her stone corpse. Yeah, you're literally beating a dead horse.
0: Yeah, like I the the experience around the fight is fantastic but for me just focusing on the fight I was that fight bothered me a little bit
2: okay
1: yeah that's fair
0: yeah so Tina any oh sorry go ahead
1: before you do closing thoughts yeah I have a high and low for you Joseph
0: oh
1: who did you think was the sexiest and the least sexiest
0: okay I mean least sexiest is Enzo though <laughs> well wait wait I don't want to say that because that means I think the child is sexier than Enzo. Yes!
1: I was waiting for that. I was waiting
0: for that. Excluding the child, because I don't want to describe a child as sexy, because I'm not a pedophile. Enzo. <laughs> Sexiest is, I mean, I mean, obviously is Bayonetta, though. Like, I don't know. I could put Jean at a second, like, probably, or mm-hmm. a close second, but I feel like it's gotta be Bayonetta. Do you have a different opinion?
1: I mean, don't get me wrong. She was amazing. I mean, like, I don't know if I'd put in more, but, like, I was also very here for, like, the the bloody, deep voice hunk that was Rodin. It's
0: totally fair. I can I can understand that.
1: Just, like, coming out of the portal to hell and, like, his hand slams on the table and you just covered in blood, and you're like, I'm here for it.
0: Understand. I'm here for it. But, you know, I have biases that disallowed that one, so.
1: I mean, that's fine. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. But... No, she probably was tough.
0: Yeah, I mean I mean yeah.
1: He was close. I liked him a lot. Yeah, yeah.
0: So Tina, any closing thoughts?
1: Let me just check my notes real quick. Make sure I didn't miss anything. Why is she having to pose off with of the angel version herself? Um mmm. Why why is the angel pissing gasoline? We didn't talk about that, but that's okay. Why is, does she speak German and have a British accent? No, nope, that's everything. Alright. It's it's all I got. I'm... Actually, no, Laz, one more thing. I kind of went into this game a little hesitant because I was very excited for God of War. And with such a slow start, like, for me emotionally, I'm pretty impressed with this game. Yeah. I'm pretty impressed that it pulled it out for me. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Um, Alright, and what is going to be your rating out of ten for this game?
1: I think I want to give it a seven and a half. No. No.
0: No?
1: Seven and three quarters. Seven and three quarters.
0: Three quarters. (laughs)
1: Jubilees.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. I wasn't too far off. Uh, I thought you'd like it a little less just because I wasn't super clear on how you would enjoy the combat, uh, how you would feel about Bayonetta herself, how you would feel about the story. So.
1: I'm sorry, you didn't think I'd be turned on by her? (laughs) I'm sorry, what? Was, How long have we been friends?
0: Nah, alright, 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 alright. Um, I think you understand where I'm coming from, though. It was... I understand what you're coming it from. It was a little out. I know,
1: I know what you mean.
0: Yeah. Um, I am very glad you did enjoy it, though. And we should definitely play the second at some point, because from what I've heard, it improves on everything from the first. Hell yeah. Including, in my opinion, Bayonetta's haircut. Really? Yeah. I like her, I like her shortcut better. But this is something we've discovered recently. I prefer short haircuts on girls.
1: Mm-hmm interesting yeah
0: uh all right that's uh that's it for this week then uh thanks
2: everyone for listening
1: yeah and until next time if you want to see more of us make sure to uh hit us up on our twitter which is at leveling n or where you can suggest games to us or see me post i don't know really awful tweets i'm really bad at twitter (laughs) uh yeah Or if you don't want to do that, just make sure to leave a like and review. Because that really helps us out.
0: Yeah. And then for next time, hey guys, we're going back to the land of RPGs. We're giving it another chance. We're going to be trying out Paper Mario and the Thousand Year Door. One of my personal favorite JRPGs. I don't think Tina's going to like it. I'm going to guess. She's going to give it a four and a half.
1: Okay. Okay.
0: But still not good.
1: You're saying I'm gonna give it a four and a half? I'm literally not even out of this tutorial yet.
0: Yeah, I know, and I'm not judging off your initial reactions. I'm judging off how I personally think you're going to enjoy it.
1: <sighs> well, we'll see you next time.
0: Alright, uh, that's it for this week. Bye,
1: everyone.
2: Jubilees! <laughs>
1: used in this podcast was BitQuest by Kevin MacLeod of Incompetech.com used under a Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 license.